welcome back to Oh My Pod. Today's guest is Cindy Houston, a yoga teacher who also specializes in Reiki, massages, and cupping. I personally love yoga because I am always cracking, popping, getting kinked up, and I feel like yoga really gets it all out. I used to think it was really slow and boring, but since I've started going more often, I realized how much I love it. I have time to myself to fully be disconnected, present with myself and with my thoughts, and I'm doing something amazing for my body. It's not sprinting or flipping tires to a blaring EDM song, which don't get me wrong, I love to switch up my workouts and go to those types of classes, but yoga really does slow me down and stretch me out. I always feel great after leaving, so I wanted to have Cindy on to really get into the practice. There are different forms of it, so we go through those, as well as other services she offers like cupping, which leaves baseball-sized bruises on your back. It sounds alarming, but it's so worth it if you're really tight everywhere like me. Of course, I'm going to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe like I do with every podcast. And it's not even really to just help with the visibility of it on the charts, but it's be, it's also to get bigger guests on. If I reach out to higher level people and they see that there's a legit following, they're more inclined to come on. So basically, it's an easier sell. So just pause right now. Yep, right now. Hit pause, go rate, and then come back, hit play again so that you can hear all about the world of yoga with Cindy. Welcome to the show, Cindy Houston. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) This is super timely because I actually just got out of a hot yoga class, which is, how do you say, a Bikram? Bikram. Okay, we probably should do a lingo (laughs) glossary of yoga terms because that's something I struggle with. But I just got out of it and it was so tough. I was sweating. I was like very much questioning myself because I was like I haven't done any of these poses in like two years and then the funniest part is I actually fell asleep during final shavasana which that has never happened and I've always thought it would happen and so when I got up I was like wow and now I'm going to record a podcast with a yoga instructor I feel like this is very timely like I said because I'm now in that yoga zen mood which I think is one of the benefits of yoga so tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do Sure. Well, I'll, I'll definitely say about the Shavasana, it's really great. That means you really dropped in and you were able to relax. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> um, so, yes, I direct and organize the Yoga Body Element Studio in Chicago. It's located at Broadway and Irving in the Buena Park and Lakeview neighborhood. And we do a lot of things here. We offer yoga classes. We offer Reiki, massage. Um there's workshops, there's trainings, um, there's everything. There's a lot of stuff happening here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember I actually found you on ClassPass, which shout out to ClassPass. It's a great app to find new classes. Um, but I came to your restorative yoga class. Mm-hmm. And so that's just one of many classes that you offer, right? Yes. On a regular weekly basis, uh, there's a lot of restorative and mindful vinyasa classes to choose from, which gives the studio a balance of kind of like a yin and a yang so if people want to be more active moving creating heat they can do that if they want to go to yoga and just be a little more gentle and still go through a practice um, but maybe just need to rebuild their energy again uh, restorative is a great option too I love restorative because it's like you like you said it's mindful but it gets so deep into the tissues which is something that I struggle with with on a daily basis because you're at a desk all day um but before we get into like restorative and vinyasa i think it's probably best to actually talk about why yoga like what brought you to yoga how did you start this whole practice 
So I moved to Chicago in 2004. I had practiced yoga in college. Uh, Previous to moving to college, I moved to Chicago to pursue dancing, which I did for about five years, and it was great. Um, And I noticed needing to balance out teaching dance, training in dance, rehearsing in dance, and performing in dance. I needed to find a balance for my body, and yoga really supplied that for me to be able to stretch, to slow down, to breathe, and really allow myself to go inward. Um, Also, sometimes uh, when you're in the performing arts or doing anything really professionally, um, it can bring up a lot of emotions that sometimes you don't even get to express. So going back to the Shavasana part, I would find myself sometimes just having just crying, you oh my know, goodness. just allowing myself a space space to just kind of let stress go. So that was really excellent. And um, while I was still dancing, uh, I, would, I, I got asked to start teaching yoga. Um, people found out that I had been practicing for about 10 years at that time and asked me to start teaching classes. And I said, are you sure? And they said, yes. So I did. Um, and at that time, I had started very beginning started massage school so then followed massage school and then soon after massage school uh, reiki instructors started finding me so it's it went to that and uh through that i i went to my first uh, official yoga teacher training figured if i'm gonna be teaching so much yoga let's go through one of these trainings although i know it's very many instructors who've been practicing for years and years and years this teacher training is is new but also very supportive so um that's what's brought me to this point i i taught around chicago um seven different studios um for five years and then decided okay i had to go in and check in what i was really offering as a service and if me running all around the city to multiple places offering a service telling people to be mindful relax (laughs) all the other cues that come on with yoga that um, I needed to create a space that I could truly offer that service so yoga body elements then was created now it's your own baby basically right yeah I guess so yeah (laughs) it feels like that sometimes yeah something that I noticed about you is you have a very calm demeanor and you talk really softly and it actually makes me more calm is that something that you think yoga has brought upon you or have you always been like this because I feel like I noticed that with a lot of people that are like religiously go to yoga or yoga instructors once you're around them they just have this calmer vibe yeah I yes I definitely think yoga has helped with that um it's kind of like anything that you practice on a regular basis it just starts to become your everyday living and some you may even have heard your own yoga instructors say this that um take these practices out into the rest of the real world, let it become a daily practice rather than a practice you just practice for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Something every day or once a week. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm still human. It's not that other emotions don't come up. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that is a very important lesson because, to your point, I definitely just go, like, once or twice a week. But I remember about five years ago I was doing Bikram. So right again um probably two to three times a week and then kickboxing on the other days but I remember being like I always just want to do yoga and so then when I came here I was doing yoga like five days a week and I definitely saw a change not only in my body because I was building strength and able to do like handstands and different poses 
but I felt so mindful and that is something that I think is such a huge benefit of yoga so I want to talk about other benefits what are some benefits that you think people get out of yoga or even yourself sure so definitely um feeling a little more relaxed, a little more calm, especially uh, towards the end of practice, maybe not when you first arrive onto the mat, but Mm -hmm. midpoint or even to the end, or just even more clarity. Um, It just kind of allows the system to flush on not just a physical level, but even energetic, emotional, and some people would even say uh, mental and spiritual levels. So that's, that's really beneficial. Improving breath, just taking, practicing, balancing your inhale and your exhale even just taking time to breathe even though it seems that something natural and that we should be doing every day um, many people myself and others who have um, I've shared practice with have said that <laughs> they they notice when they come to practice that oh I didn't realize how often I actually stop breathing or I'm holding my breath um, and there's different subtle shifts, even confidence, you know, when people figure out a posture or feel it a different way and, and acknowledging that there isn't one way to do a posture, that there's many different ways and that our bodies change and shift. And um, even with uh, self-acceptance, um, you know, if I go back to the, the lifetime as being a dancer, there was always, um, there were pressures, not always, but pressures to be a certain way and look a certain way and be a certain height and meet these certain expectations. And that's definitely one thing that pers- on a personal level yoga has brought me and brought to me and I've enjoyed sharing with others is just um, moving into that space of self-accept- self-acceptance mm-hmm. that it doesn't always have to be perfect, that it's going to be different every day. And um, so I'd say those are some great things that yoga has brought to myself and others have shared. Absolutely. I think something that a lot of people struggle with is being with their own thoughts for however long the class is because a lot of people work out, they hit the gym, they have the music blasting in their ears, uh, you know, they're doing a boot camp where they're going station to station, it's go, 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 and yoga is quite the opposite. Did you find it hard going from dance where it is very go, 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 go to take a step back and be like, wow, I need an hour or 90 minutes, whatever it is to relax and like really check in with myself yeah I definitely feel I mean it still comes up for me sometimes not as much but yeah to really slow down especially and um I'd say when I first started practicing hatha um was I was practicing hatha a lot and uh it's you know it's the sun and moon yoga it's it's a slower pace it's holding it's breathing with it um, yeah, and I definitely had that practice of <laughs> mind wandering and oh yeah, come back and yep. You know, so that's always helpful when you have a present instructor uh, with you, <laughs> guiding oh, yeah. you, reminding you of those things. <laughs> yeah, I I remember my first yoga class. I was like, this has to be almost over, and it was like twenty minutes in because <laughs> I was just so used to the mentality of like I said, switching stations and yeah. music blaring, and so. I, that's why I like yoga too. It's like, okay, you can take an hour to slow down every day. That's really not that much time when you think about how many hours in a day we have. Yeah. there's a, Well, there's an excellent, you've probably heard it, there's an excellent saying that um, take time to meditate for two hours if you, or take time to meditate for 10 minutes. If you don't have time for 10 minutes, uh, make time for two hours. 
I know there's different variations of that, but that's crazy. <laughs> and meditation has helped too. I I just started doing that with Headspace. It's a really good app because yeah. it's like kind of for beginners, I guess. And you do notice a difference if you start out your day with just ten minutes instead of waking up, throwing the covers off, making your coffee, running out. That sets the tone for your whole day. Yeah, it's insane. So you just said. You did Hatha yoga? Mm-hmm. I would love to go through all the different types of yoga because even though I've done yoga, I've been around it, I know people that are instructors, I still don't actually understand all the variations. So let's start with the one you just said. Okay, I will do my best because I know that there are tons of types of yoga that are constantly popping up around right. uh, the globe. We'll do the basics. Um, the basics. <laughs> so um, Hatha if we can just go back when the foundation of yoga, um, many yogis believe came from the asana side, came from Ashtanga. And then from there, they started to branch out vinyasa, hatha. So the hatha uh, yoga, it's considered sun and moon. It's more like the yin and the yang. Um, it's it's very breath oriented. It's, it's holding the postures, but in a very gentle way. It tends to be in a four count breath. Uh, like an even count breath anytime there's a more yin class it's more even counts and if there's more yang or energizing class it's counted in a five count breath so that's hatha um there's vinyasa quick quick yeah. step back what was the first you said ashtanga ashtanga what are what does that mean <laughs> so ashtanga is a, a set series of poses that are always the same it's uh, counted in a five count breath. Um, there's there's a beginner young level ashtanga. They've definitely broken it down into segments so people can ease their way into it. Okay. Um, there's half primary, there's primary, and then there's secondary series, and then it does expand off of there. Most uh, most studios I've noticed kind of stay with secondary series, and then if people want to expand past that, uh, they can. And so basically, it's um, you, you go every time and they go at a certain pace. The instructor goes at a certain pace and you just do, everybody does the same sequence. And even if you don't know it right away, it's kind of like a dance. You, you eventually, it. it's, you learn the choreography and pick it up. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Yeah, so you learn the sense. practice and pick it up. Okay. So then back to vinyasa. Yeah. So vinyasa is, that one it shifts depending on the instructor and the type. It's a it's linking your breath and your movement. So it's it's a constant flow, but the the definition of vinyasa is linking your breath and your movement, keeping things fluid. Um, a lot of vinyasa classes are structured off of Ashtanga series, and then Bikram. So so Bikram, I've been uh, I've I've practiced Bikram. I haven't been in a Bikram studio in years, but. Um, from, from my experience of Bikram is it's a heated practice. It's also a set series practice. Um, there's um, the founder created poses, created teachers or shared it with teachers and they passed it on. Um, and it's done in heated and I believe the temperature is 106 degrees. I just did one. Yeah, yeah. I just got out of 105F is the name of the so, studio. There so, you yeah, go. There we go. Yep. There you go. One oh five. I was off a degree. Yeah. <laughs> Not a real yoga teacher. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Um. Yeah, that one is hard. I you start sweating like two minutes in. 
and yeah. you think you're going to build up and you're like, I- I'm just jumped out of a pool. Like, that's what it feels like. It's definitely intense. It's a lot. Important to hydrate after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, insane. Did we hit all the basic ones or are there any that we're missing? Um, well, and yeah, that would probably be, and then there's yin yoga. So okay. yin kind of brings us into more of like the gentle practices. Yin, slower, six count breath, sometimes eight count breath. There's a lot of time spent on in floor postures, although yin practice can also have some standing series. And again, it's, it's, it's just kind of, What's interesting about yoga is there's been these set series created, but now yoga has become such, um, it's grown so much in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it, some instructors, depending on the lineage, are encouraging people to, re, to stay with that traditional foundation of what it is. And um, definitely things like um, Iyengar, Ashtanga, and um, I, Bikram, I'm probably missing some right now. Uh, Kundalini, um, those are ones that have like set foundations where I'd say other yoga practices have more freedom in them and are allowing um, once the instructor gets to a certain level, which could be just completing the teacher training um, or certain years of practice, they start to kind of find their way, mm-hmm. what's worked for them, what doesn't work for them, right. and sharing it with a class. Yeah. That makes sense. Is yeah. yin yoga similar to the one that I take with you, restorative yoga? It is. And okay. restorative yoga is, how I'd like to define it, is the yin-yin of yoga. A very gentle, gentle yoga practice. Oh, yeah. Supported by many props. If you don't feel comfortable in the posture, we find a way to make it comfortable. Um, and we stay in the postures for five to ten minutes, which at the beginning you shared that it allows you to relax and mm-hmm. get into that deeper musculature level. And that's what it's designed to do is just allow the body to relax um, on many levels and many and, and through all the layers. Um, I hope you don't find this offensive, but I call it to my friend's nap class because it You're feels... not the first person. Because <laughs> I walked in and I was like, wait, we have pillows, we have blankets. I was like, did I come to the wrong place and then I was like oh I always see like they're, they're props they're not mm-hmm. so we can take naps in the middle of class but it is so relaxing <laughs> yeah it is so relaxing that you're it's dark it's very um like you said it gets like very meditative and allows you to really get deep and that's what I love is when else are you going to stretch out your hips for 10 minutes definitely not yeah. in the middle of the work day so that's why I love restorative yoga yeah what drew you to these specific types of yoga that you practice here versus Bikram or other styles? I think it's been my own journey through studying movement. I started dancing at the age of two, so I've been working with studying and learning the body pretty much my whole life. Um, and one thing I I feel it's more of the dancer side of me is connecting to alignment. So mindful, I'm drawn to the mindful, which is very much being mindful, being mindful of, of, of all things really, mm-hmm. your breath, what you're thinking about, how you're, how you're standing, how, you know, if we shift just this one thing, could it change the whole experience and could it be more supportive? Um, so definitely that's what's, and I like to move, I like to move around, mm-hmm. I like to 
follow intuition, breathe, create. And so that mindful and mindfulness and then the vinyasa being able to breathe and move was a really good fit for me. Um, and then for, as far as the restorative, um, I just noticed, you know, there's just so many things calling our energy outward. Mm-hmm. And I'm very much about balance. And I think that has to do with, I have a Libra moon <laughs> in my in my astrology chart. And uh, I think that's always calling me to be in balance or find balance or share balance with others. So restorative is also a nice balance to mindful vinyasa. And it just allows, I'm, I'm happy to, to be a person to create a space where people feel like it's okay to slow down for sometimes the classes are 45 minutes sometimes I've offered them for two hours um for people to be like oh it's okay and this is what my body can feel like and Mm -hmm. also the restorative yoga practice allows people to access their parasympathetic system which is the system that isn't the fight or flight go 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 do 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 um which I feel living in the city. Oh yeah, <laughs> we all the time to be in <laughs> so that's a all. lot. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, uh, exercise opportunities that allow you to also keep that inner type of energy going. So, um, which in the long run can be, you know, people have shared that as they've gotten older, they've noticed they've been looking for something that they can still get a stretch, breathe, um, calm their ner- nervous system down, and. That's something that restorative yoga can offer to people. So, um, so to fi- to get to offer balance and to also um, serve what I feel is supportive. And also in the restorative classes, I do um, offer hands-on assists and and Reiki sometimes and the essential oils. So that allows me to also weave in the other practices of massage and energy work uh, into the yoga practice as well, which. People seem to like so. Oh, um, I love it. That it. is my favorite part <laughs> when you come and spray the essential oils. I'm like, can she just do that for the next forty five minutes? Just spray this constantly because it does put you in a totally different state of mind. Like you wouldn't yeah. think a quick spray of a scent can change something, but I definitely want to touch on essential oils later. Um, but yes, that's why I love restorative yoga. I, I take it every Sunday evening with you because I feel like that like wraps up my week. It sets the tone. I'm not waking up Monday, you know, oh, miserable. I feel exhausted from the weekend. It definitely allows me to, like, close the chapter of the last week, if you will. But I actually want to get your thoughts on what we're talking about, like, the newer yoga practices where people have almost made them, like, cardio classes. Mm -hmm. So I've heard things like yoga sculpt and yoga lift and yoga booty, like, all these things. I think that, in my personal opinion, I used to take those classes, but when we're talking about mindfulness those classes to me have deterred away from what the meaning of yoga was what's your personal opinion on those types of classes I definitely feel like there's a place for everything and I feel like people need to find what they're looking for and sometimes not need to find what they're looking for but find what they're looking for by going through different paths and sometimes we have to go off the path to find what it is that we're really looking for and not to say that that's off the path at all Um, I know that there's definitely been a lot of um, strong conversations and there's definitely strong perspectives on uh, this evolution of yoga. Um, And I just feel that 
you know, if, if someone's just gonna is just looking for the workout then that's well that they will get that and right. um and it happens to just have it happens to have the name of yoga and now i know some people that have very deep yogic practices that do offer those classes so i think it also has to depend on the instructor too you know what's their intention what are they offering what kind of space are they creating are they being mindful um it it is difficult when i hear people um that get injured in those classes um, because it does it does make me think that you can really get injured you can get injured doing anything you get right. injured walking down the street so yeah. um, I feel yeah I feel like there's a there's a place for them that's a way of someone to express themselves and it does bring people to yoga and um, when they're ready I feel they'll they'll be either introduced in some other way, or they'll find it themselves um, if they want to take their practice deeper. Absolutely. I think a lot of times people like those classes, again, like we're talking about the go, go, go mentality that keeps them in that state of mind where I'm still getting a workout, but I'm also kind of relaxing because the name yoga is in it. Um, but to your point, like if it works for you, then do that. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't hurt to get a workout in yeah. if, it, if that's the way you want to do it. Um, you were discussing Reiki and how you incorporate that into some of your practices. Can you let us know what Reiki is and what does that mean when you're saying that you do it in some of your classes? Sure. So, um, when I, when I offer Reiki in the classes, it's, it's always optional. So I always, same with essential oils. I always want to make sure I, I ask permission that people actually are wanting to, or in that space to receive it. Um, so Reiki is a life force energy that we all have access to. Uh, once people go through the attunement process, they start to channel the energy. Um, it's an ancient practice. Some people can link it back to 5,000 years ago types of energy work. The I was attuned under the Usui lineage. That is just one lineage of Reiki. There's many, many more out there. The energy is said to be a, the universal energy that we all have access to. The way that energy travels is it travels in through the crown of the head into the heart of the practitioner, the person offering the Reiki. It moves down the arms and out the hands, which to me personally, once I learned about the chakra system, the set, uh, specifically the seven chakra energy centers that run through the center of the body, knowing the way the channel of the Reiki is because it comes in from the crown into the heart and out the hands, the heart to the hands is your heart chakra. And what I've been taught in the rake in the chakra system is that your chakras from your heart on up are said to be more of like your spiritual heart or your higher higher self uh connection so that feels really good to be mm-hmm. <laughs> sharing that with people on that level um but it's it's everyone every anyone who's wanting to run the energy can run it if you go through the attunement process and then um as far as anyone receiving the energy, it's really just how open you are to receive it. So some people uh, will say they don't really feel anything, and that's totally fine. Um, some people, it's like life for them. <laughs> you know, they have to have Reiki in their life, and um, they notice a complete difference. Um, so it's it's just another practice. It's another way, and I just I like to offer that to people. Um, 
it's uh, the energy is described as like a calm stream moving through the body and that's something that people have described to me when they receive the reiki they also say that um, sometimes my hands feel warm or they feel like a pulsing sensation and that feels like the energy yeah so um i just go with that and i just figure um when i'm running the energy that people are receiving whatever it is that they need to receive right yeah yeah we i actually did a podcast with um tiffany Ketchmark. everyone uh-huh. episode four is about reiki and <laughs> to your point she said however deep you want to go is how deep you'll go so she i feel like one of that, my students oh my goodness look at that connection <laughs> yeah <laughs> small world and we're in chicago the third largest city in america um yeah and it, it made sense like if you're gonna go in this is like with anything if you're gonna go in and be resistant and be like i don't know what is this reiki is it gonna work then yeah, it's probably not going to work. But if right. you're like, I'm open, I'm open to the idea of it, my energy is open, you'll probably get deeper effects. Is that true? It, seemed to, it seems to be the common response to it, yeah. Right. Like, have you actually, has someone ever come in, I guess, really resistant and then come out being like, wow, I feel so much different. Like, thank you for sharing that with me. Um, in yoga, yes. Uh, in Reiki, it's a little tricky, especially... Um, unless someone's come in for like an individual session um, and usually for an individual session I'll have to ask them to breathe I'll, you know constant checking in and I'm able to do that in that space when it's one-on-one mm-hmm. with the class it's a little trickier um, just because um, I do set up the energy in the room but you know it's optional if they want to receive the hands-on assist or not so um, I, I don't really know, especially when I'm offering the Reiki with the yoga, if it's the yoga, if right. it's the Reiki, if it's both. Yeah. Um, maybe something else is working yeah. in the room to, yeah, give that them sense. that experience. <laughs> and then the essential oils, like I said, that's probably one of my favorite parts of coming to your class. <laughs> what are essential oils? Like, why are they so important? So essential oils are the distilled version of a plant. Okay. So, um... Every bottle of essential oils is made differently. There's um, a, an extended growth process. So just like any plant, it would need time to grow, take time to harvest. And then there's different types of basically, I don't want to say recipes, but recipes um, for how to make different essential oils. And um, it's really good to find essential oils that are pure, that don't have any additives, um, I know that there's a lot more essential oils showing up on the market, and I know that um, kind of like yoga, there's so many mm-hmm. options, which ones do you go to? Um, and I feel like that's another thing that just kind of go what works for you, test it out. Um, if you're interested in getting into essential oils, I always like to recommend people start with lavender because lavender is very neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, it's encouraged to use some sort of carrier oil with essential oils. So like in the yoga practice, um, in the yoga classes, I use essential oil sprays, which is a mixture of distilled water, witch hazel, um, and then drops of the essential oil so it dilutes it a little bit so if there's any sort of a sensitivity um, people usually aren't affected by it Um, so essential oils are great they have been used for many many years just like herbs um, to help assist with things they're at their purest form so um, 
they can really do a lot of great work. People, um, I, when I work with people one-on-one, we use them for respiratory, we use them for muscle aches, we use them for relaxation. Um, we've, um, we've tried many other things. There's different, um, more serious um, uh, reasons why people have wanted to try the essential oils and some people have gotten results. So, and um, what's great about them too is you, uh, like if you take so many, and it's, if you try some certain things, <laughs> I'm trying to be mindful with my words. <laughs> um, if you try certain things, sometimes you have you feel the effects afterwards, and that's uh, really great about essential oils is they're really natural, and if you use them mindfully, especially with a carrier oil such as jojoba or coconut oil, um, of course check out any allergies. Right. Um, you usually get positive results, and if anything, things smell nice and um, you relax. I always like to recommend to people if they don't know where to start. Again, lavender is really good. I know that there's essential oil classes that happen. We've done some here in this space where people awesome. bring a kit of 250 essential oils. <laughs> we get into them. We discuss 10 of them. And um, people can smell them, try them, and they can experience it right there before um, they get into the investment. Because I know sometimes people are like, is it really expensive? Yeah. <laughs> but what's really nice, too, is you only need a couple drops, really. Mm-hmm. I, I and love that you said that because I do, I spray lavender vanilla on my pillow because I used to have a really hard time sleeping. Like, no matter what I did, I would put my phone away early, I would read, whatever. And then it wasn't until I actually started putting, like, lavender on my temples and spraying it on my pillow that I, like, pass out now. And I was like, that's so crazy that a few drops of this oil has completely changed my sleeping habits. Um, what is it? I'm curious, I guess, like the science behind it, like how does a scent completely change something like you're talking about these more serious conditions where oils have changed it to skeptics. They're probably like, what do you mean? And a drop of oil changed, you know, this huge issue. Like what is again, like the science, I guess, behind it? Well, I'm I'm not a scientist, <laughs> and um, I am definitely still learning about essential oils. Like there are so many out there, and um, sometimes with things, it's just it's trial and error. And even sometimes, um, like I actually have a reference book I'll go to sometimes when I you know sometimes it says it's one thing, but there's borderline. It could be something else. So. Um, if it's myself or if someone else is, is open to trying it, we try it. Um, so I, um, I'm, I'm probably not the best person to ask about <laughs> the science behind it. Um, but I do, I do feel it's good for people to know that there's other options out there mm-hmm. and that there isn't just one way. And, um, especially, um, Sometimes I've had clients come in, you know, with like who are going through cancer or have been through cancer, and you know, um, I've um, I've seen family members go through this stuff too. You know, my parents actually, when they they both have um, had cancer, and they actually let me attune them to Reiki. Wow. Oh my goodness! Um, they agreed to do that with me, and so that was really great. I know I just kind of stepped off the essential oils but no but this is amazing information <laughs> so they um i don't know how exactly how often they actually give themselves self treatments mm-hmm. but they um 
I at least know that the energy is running with them and that um, it's working that way. And if I asked them if they needed extra Reiki, I could mm-hmm. I could offer, and I know that it would be amplified because they've said yes to running the energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. How do you know that someone is, I guess the word would be certified for Reiki? Because I imagine someone could just be like, I'm a Reiki master, come see me. And how do people know what to look for so that it's legit? So what's important is for people who offer Reiki is to know their lineage. Okay. Um, and so anyone that is going to get attuned uh, by Reiki, you know, just like anything, do your research, you know, mm-hmm. find out who you're going to go study with, find out, you know, their background, their history, how long they've been practicing. Um, there's so much, um, sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it's not so good. There's so much on the internet right now, you know, that you oh, can, yeah. um, you can find out, um, whatever you need to, but yeah. Um, and, and each kind of like a massage therapist, you should have your license up wherever mm-hmm. you're practicing, which, you know, you should have your certificates up, um, they that should be very visible or at least yeah you should be able to ask and they should be able to show you yeah okay. or tell you or be able to communicate with their teacher mm-hmm. um and you know read up on their teacher and just find out how the energy has been passed down um which i think is really important you know if if you're going to be receiving some sort of energetic practice to absolutely know where it's coming from <laughs> yeah definitely something else that you do adding to your like jack of many trades here at Cindy at Yoga Body Elements is actually what the name of your studio is correct yeah is massages mm-hmm. and when I went on your website what I found really interesting was there were a ton of different massages there wasn't just like relaxation or Swedish you had quite a few can you run us through what you offer sure so I'll first start with where I trained. I trained at the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, which is a balance of both Eastern and Western style massages. So that's that gets offered in my services. So um, there is the traditional Swedish deep tissue sports, um, but leaning more towards the Asian side of things is the Thai, Twina, Shiatsu. Um, there's also the Gua Sha and the Cupping that people can experience too. This is all stuff I've never heard of, <laughs> except cupping and yeah. maybe another one. But what what are all those different forms of massages? Sure. So Thai massage is considered to be, some people call it the lazy man's yoga or lazy person's <laughs> yoga. Um, so basically you lay, you can it can be on a table or it can be on the floor on a mat. And the practitioner just goes through Um, Whoever's receiving the massage, the practitioner goes through different stretches with them. Um, There's usually a set sequence where you start at the feet and and work your way up. And then um, people can lay on their sides or and then also on their bellies, just like a traditional massage, but more focused on on stretching and breathing. And then shiatsu is more Japanese and that's done on the floor, although you can do some techniques on the table. And it's working along the energy lines, the meridian lines of the body. Um, and there's, it's usually the treatment starts uh, on the belly. So the practitioner will put hands on whoever's receiving his belly. And it's called the hara, the center point, And just kind of massage the, hor- the hara or the belly. And it's just to kind of find out which energy lines are going to be most beneficial if anything feels depleted or stagnant and working from there. 
so then there's the the fire cupping so fire cupping or air cupping which is really good um it was uh there's some been some professional athletes that have made it more popular in the united states um but it's an it's an ancient chinese uh tradition well, all, all throughout asia and basically it's these cups that suction to um you can cup almost everything um, that the couple stick to and you basically just run it along the skin um, it doesn't want it, you don't want it to feel you might feel it but you don't want it to feel painful and really what that does is it it's really good if you have any sort of scar tissue or um, if you've been sitting in a posture like people that sit at desks a lot in one position mm-hmm. it can be really good to break up adhesions move the fascia it also increases blood flow there's a um, uh, ancient um, Asian thought that they you also use it um, to if you feel like you're you're getting a cold oh, wow. <laughs> so that it allows that to come to the surface but so that it doesn't manifest into something within your body so that also gets paired a lot with gua sha um, which you use a spoon like tool um, they actually use spoons <laughs> in oh. Asia. Um, I, I use more of like a plastic, it's softer, it's more gentle. <laughs> and you basically scrape the tissues, um, the skin tissue. Um, of course, uh, not that it's painful, you might feel it, but um, you're always in control of like if it's right. too much. And uh, that can also help with circulation or if you feel like you're getting um, coming down with something. Um, just to kind of get blood flow circulation going. They do leave marks on the body, so it can, uh, I always let people know that that's going to happen. You know, there's been people that said, let's not cup today because I'm going on a vacation to Florida next week or I'm wearing a backless dress at some event, you know, and they don't want to have their back look um, purple. Right. Um, So, and what happens is when you start to feel, see the skin turn purple, it uh, means that uh, there's there is some stagnation that there that there needs something needs to get moving there so it's not uh, a bad thing it's actually a good thing to get to for it to show color I have seen some really intense um, cupping Um, you should um, there is a technique uh, that people do actually um, I I don't practice it but people's skin actually bleeds from it but I don't those are techniques you just have to be really careful with and um so just know that if you're cringing and you can't breathe with it it's probably going too far so anyone that receives cupping um whether it's here or with another practitioner please speak up um, yeah you don't have to suffer through it yeah <laughs> that's not what this practice is intended for um i definitely got i felt like when i came to you for it it started hurting, but I was like, I think that is because I'm so tight in my back. Every every time I go see a chiropractor or any type of massage therapist, they're like, wow, you have a lot of tension in your upper shoulders. And I know what it's from. It's from being at my desk all day hunched over. And then I do a lot of boot camps where it's a lot of like lifting heavy things and flipping. And so when I felt that, I was like, is this pain or is this just the pain coming out? So I guess, can you define a little more, I guess what you just said, maybe if you can't breathe, it's gone too far. Yeah. Is there any other sign that like, okay, this is, this is hurting and it's doing me a, a service or I need to like get these cups off my back? Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, we know when it's, we know when it's enough, mm-hmm. you know, and 
And there's always the opportunity for the next session, you know, like if it doesn't happen, just like yoga, like if the yoga posture doesn't happen that day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can try the next practice. Yeah. And it may, you know, and cupping isn't for everyone, you know, mm-hmm. some people just really don't care for it. So we go to other practices. Yeah. Um, and you said fire cupping, but I've mm-hmm. noticed some places I've been to just use suction cups. Are there, is there actually a difference between them? So the fire is nice because you can tend to get a little more suction and it's nice because it's heated. So the body responds to a little bit more. The fire actually goes out once the the cup gets to the body. Um, mostly why people don't do fire cupping is a liability. Mm, um, that makes it's sense. It's not always covered <laughs> by people's insurance and building, building owners don't always want people working with fire. So, yeah, that's pretty much the difference. Suctions are probably just a safer bet. <laughs> They're safer, and um, the reason why I like using the glass cups cups is because they are glass, you know, and the other ones are plastic, so mm. you just have to make sure you clean them really well. Um, What's the difference between using a, a plastic one or a glass one? Just the effects? It's, uh, it's mostly cleanliness i mean you can you know you can it's easier to keep glass clean rather you know plastic it plastic plastic if it cracks you know can (laughs) hold you know bacteria and stuff so it's just it's the practitioner's responsibility to be mindful be mindful and watch their tools but um yeah that's pretty much the difference yeah and the after effects are pretty insane like you said it looks whenever i show people they're like oh they literally gasp because it looks like you got beat with a baseball bat to your point if you have really dark circles but i did notice some were lighter than others so you said the darker ones just mean those are probably areas where you needed it most yeah and that's usually where people say that they feel the tightest or Mm -hmm. they feel like something's stuck there And I always just joke with anyone that I do cupping with and just, you know, tell your friends, tell your partners that you, you know, you, you didn't get attacked by an octopus. (laughs) Let them know if they're going to see your back, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's it's insane. Yeah. Can you do it? I mean, I've mostly seen it on the back, but can you do it on any area of the body or is it? Yeah, you can, wherever the, wherever the cup will stick. So I've cupped arms, I've cupped legs, I've cupped glutes, I've glutes, I've cupped abdomen. Wow. I've cupped cup the chest you can there's little cups that you can cup the face oh my goodness um so it's not just limited to the back that's just the most common one i feel like people see because it's probably the area where you hold a lot of tension from mostly people being in corporate jobs and being at desks all day probably yeah and some people just that that's just their practice like they Mm -hmm. cut people's backs and that's where they leave it Mm -hmm. but how long do the cups have to stay on for um any type of effect it really varies on the person yeah, so um, I just try to watch people's skin and how they're responding to it. You know, some people get red right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to watch, you know, I don't want to have the cup leave like an actual like indentation ring. That's when you know that it's it went too far, the cupping, is if you actually leave with a bunch of indentations, like deep indentations um, in your back. Uh, they probably could have been looser and there's ways to loosen the cups or just put the cup back on again yeah yeah definitely what is your usual routine because you offer massages you do yoga you offer reiki you do cupping what is like a day in your life (laughs) (laughs) um well they they vary greatly especially um 
having the studio, they've varied a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I wake up and I make sure to do some sort of mindful practice, whether it's um, a meditation, listening to a meditation, or um, getting up and moving. If it, you know, Sometimes I'll just do like a meditation or a Reiki session for myself while I'm still in my bed, and then I get up, and I like to do lemon water flush, and then I'll go to my mat. Sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I like to listen to inspirational, um, like, talks. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it varies, <laughs> and, I, and I do my flow listening to that. You know, sometimes I'll just do it in silence. Um, and then the practice varies. You know, I really just try to listen to my body. Sometimes it's a vinyasa. Sometimes it's a restorative. Sometimes... Sometimes I wake up and I needed a little more sleep and I really can only do three postures that day and yeah. I got to get on the go. And then, um, yeah, so um, I do most of my work here. I do uh, very minimal. I still um, see people in their homes, but um, yeah, and that's pretty much it is just sharing these services throughout the day and, um, and yeah. that's connecting with community. Yeah, and that's awesome. I think something I want to know, because I just recently started paying more attention to mindfulness. I was very focused on, like, endurance and cardio, and now I'm like, I do need a mental balance, too. Like, I need to do yoga and meditation. And so for someone like me who's either getting just started or, like, really never done anything like this, what are some, like, tips or routines or anything that you could give advice for to start paying more attention to, I guess, your mental health? I would just say if there's something that you're drawn to, just go try it. And if you're nervous about it, bring a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, go on the journey together. Um, if anything, you're going to have a new experience. You'll probably have a good laugh. And um, you'll, with just doing that, you'll shift your mind space. And you might actually find exactly what it is that you're looking for, that next step or that addition that whatever it is you're needing. Like, if you know, like say, if you are needing more mindfulness or you want to take time to focus on your breath or... Um, if you're noticing these subtle shifts in your body and you know how to address them, I think that's one thing really great about yoga and there's so many other practices out there that can support that. Um, but yeah, I think it, that's the, that's the challenge. That's the most challenging thing with everything, right? Mm-hmm. It's like taking that start first step and actually walking through the door and, uh, yeah, there's so much offered out there. It's, it's, um, really accessible for people and if you're nervous, you know, there's, there, there are, there's things like YouTube out there. You know, mm-hmm. I do, I personally have some YouTube videos out there. So if you want to hear how I talk here now, <laughs> or if you want to see how I move, you know, or things that we might do in here, um, you can check that out. There's, you know, I know there's, you know, just listen to your body. And I think if there's anything, you know, that you've never done, like inversions or, you know, things that are trickier postures, I'd say get into a class maybe, unless you're, you have like a really strong athletic background and you know how your body works. Oh yeah. I would not recommend just trying an inversion if you don't have that background. Some people like do. Oh, I can't imagine. Um, I think I want to end with success stories because I've, I know people that teach yoga, that teach Reiki, that, tea, that do cupping and they do have clients come in saying like wow I feel totally transformed whether that's with my inner self or my confidence or my health what are some I guess client stories that have brought you joy sure um I would say clients that have been here that I've been able to share these practices with for 
at least seven or eight years now. And, you know, it's just, it's, you know, sharing different practices um, and just watching people go through their own transformation, you know, and just seeing them shift and re- recognize, like, there is another way of thinking, there is another way of doing, and really just holding space for them to go through that process however they need to. I feel like I've been studying this stuff for a decent amount of time, and a constant theme is, you know, like, we are aware of ourselves at a younger age, and then we go through, like, puberty and stuff, and stuff happens, and life happens, and mm-hmm. we kind of lose that part of ourselves. I think that's one of the beautiful things, such as yoga and these other practices offer, is it allows us to go back to that state and some people you'll know, even hear yoga instructors say like remember who you are or remember who we are or connecting um on a certain vibration or a lighter vibration and uh um so that's really interesting you know and just to hear people say that they use these practices to feel better to feel relaxed and, and then the best the most rewarding is when they say they take it out of the room and they share it or if they're able to share it with someone else and the person was really open, even if they aren't open to receive it, just that the fact that they're sharing it outside of the space just feels like, okay, there's a purpose for doing this, and what I'm doing actually right. does matter. Because, yeah. you know, I have those days where I'm like, what am I doing? Love that. So are there any other insight, advice, or tips that you want to share? Well, I hope to meet some of you. Yeah. <laughs> And you can meet Cindy at Yoga Body Elements Studio, which is in Chicago at 4007 North Broadway. Like she said on the podcast, she not only does yoga, she offers massages, cupping, and quite a few other services. So be sure to check out her website. And you can follow me at Chelsea Rife, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-R-I-F-F-E. That's FF as in French fries. And that is my name on Twitter and Instagram. Also, feel free to DM me with any questions you have, concerns, comments. Let me know. I want to hear feedback so that we can make this podcast bigger and get some awesome guests like Cindy on every week. And with that, I will see you all next week. (laughs) 